Welcome to the Give to Profit podcast, the podcast that inspires business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders to turn their business into a profitable force for good. During our weekly episodes, you'll hear business leaders and entrepreneurs share how they put social impact at the heart of their business and the many benefits that come from doing this. You can find full show notes for today's show and additional resources at givetoprofit.com. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, where it would also be great if you could leave us a rating and review. For every review this month, we'll be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. And so now, here's your host, business mentor, speaker and author, Alison McKenzie. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Give to Profit podcast show. This is your host, Alison McKenzie, here again, and I am delighted to be with you today. Thanks so much for tuning in, as always. Today, I'm interviewing someone who's become a good friend and is one of my closest Give to Profit partners. You may have heard us chat before in episode one when she interviewed me on what Give to Profit is all about. And going more forward, you are probably likely to hear her again in future shows that we may do together in the future. But today, it's her turn to be in the spotlight and to share some of her thoughts. And as always, when I'm speaking to Kim, Kim and I will have a conversation and just let you in on what unfolds as we talk, because quite often nuggets just come out of these conversations. And so we wanted to give you an experience of that. So today, the person I am interviewing is Kim Carpenter. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much, Alison. It's so great to be here with you and everybody listening. It's just brilliant to be here with you again, chatting again on the, on the podcast show, um, having another one of our conversations. A few people that don't know anything about you, I'm just going to give a little bit of background and then we'll move in to hear a little bit about what your thoughts are on having social impact in the world. So for anybody who hasn't heard of Kim before, she brings over 20 years of experience in digital marketing and business development expertise to the table through her work with a wide range of clients from Fortune 100 to solopreneurs. She was the co-founder of Wake Up and Change the World Digital Consulting Agency, where she created the Evolutionary Business Accelerator Program and helped dozens of entrepreneurs with their online marketing and sales funnel development. She holds a deep passion for social impact and a commitment to helping you grow your business and make an impact in the world. Recently, she's launched the Simply Good Business Success Circle for women-led businesses that want to make a difference in the world. So, Kim... I know you've been doing so much even in the years that we've known each other, but I wonder if you could take us back a bit and just share a bit about your story in terms of how you've come to be in this field doing what you're doing today. Thank you for asking. It's been a really interesting journey and not a straight line at all, as I know many of us who are entrepreneurial say. And I really started out my career working at huge ad agencies in New York City at the beginning of the digital marketing era. So I was working on websites when companies like Mercedes-Benz were saying, hey, we need a website and we don't even know what that is really. So I worked on brands like Wolfgang Puck and Mercedes-Benz and MasterCard and really helped usher in this amazing internet age. And so I've been 
in digital marketing, um, I actually started because I did know a little bit more than the head founders of these big, huge ad agencies. <laughs> and being a young person in my late 20s, I knew about technology, how to build websites, how to hook up internet connections and things like that. And so I was able to come in at a ground level and rise up really quickly through the ranks and the director of these departments and really started up these digital marketing departments. So that was how I got started. And then after doing that for nine years, I started asking myself this question, the perpetual question of this is all great and fun and really exciting. And I've worked with super creative people, but what are we doing that's good for the world? What are we putting into the world that's good? Like we're selling more stuff online. It's good for these companies. You know, people get more options to buy more things, but what are we doing? And it just drove me crazy. And it was at one point when I was working on pharmaceutical marketing campaign and it was for antidepressants. And I was just feeling like, wow, I don't feel in alignment with this. You know, my values are not in alignment with this and I really have to do something different. And so I actually quit my job and went on my first sabbatical, year-long sabbatical to India. I lived in an ashram. So I did the whole eat, pray, love thing <laughs> pretty much and still had that question. What are we doing that's good for the world? What am I doing particularly, specifically? And then the people that I'm interacting with, the clients that I'm interacting with, what are we all doing? So I just really made a commitment that I wanted to work with companies that wanted to make the world a better place, no matter what they were selling or offering their programs or services, like that was important to me. And so I made that commitment and started down that path, got trained in a whole bunch of different things because I wanted to be able to foster people's transformation, personal transformation and growth. So I trained as a coach, an NLP practitioner, voice dialogue therapist, like so many different things, and really combined all of that study of the deep psychology of what motivates people, right? And business, good, solid business principles and practices and marketing practices. And so that journey has led me to where I am today, where I'm combining all of that skill and knowledge to really help people who want to make a difference in the world through their business activities to do that, knowing that, as you know very well, the path of entrepreneurship is a personal transformation journey. So we need all of those skills and capacity to do that. Definitely. And it's funny because most of the people that I interview all talk about this journey that definitely hasn't been a straight line mm. <laughs> and can definitely relate to that misalignment of values at some stage, which has triggered us to go within ourselves to look deeper about what we want to do and the impact that we want to have in the world. And I know we've had many, many conversations around that's having social impact and the ethical marketing piece, which I've really enjoyed having. And I know that recently you have spent time living in Bali and we had a great time when I came out and I met up with you over there recently as well. But how did taking time living over there, how's that shaped your ideas for what your future is going to be about going forward? Thank you for asking that. Well, I guess it's worth mentioning that I am an avid traveler. I think I've been to over 36 countries now and have seen many different ways to live a life. And I've seen firsthand these cultures and the people who really are living on less than a quarter a day in those situations. And Bali was touched my heart in that way to really see how 
honestly, people can be so happy and so fulfilled in themselves and so grounded in who they are and yet in total poverty. And I think that it's such a shame that this exists and that more businesses actually aren't stepping forward to look at the good of the whole, but we can get into that in a minute. So for me, Bali was my second sabbatical that I've taken. And originally I thought I was going to take a two month sabbatical. And I did that because I was completely burnt out. After 10 years of running a few different businesses and being on this entrepreneurial journey, going through my father's passing, and he had cancer for many years and finally passed, I was just completely burnt out and I knew I needed a big break. So I was going to take a two month holiday sabbatical in Bali and get back to painting and art and creativity and self-care. You know, you can get massages over there, you guys, for like $15 and it's so incredible. And so after being there for two months, I just saw all of these other digital nomads who were making it work in Bali. There was high-speed internet connections. There were all the most amazing food, organic, vegan, vegetarian food you could eat an incredible community of other entrepreneurial people who were um, many of them social entrepreneurs really trying to solve social problems. And so I decided I'm just going to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to live here. And then after six months, the volcano threatened eruption, which it actually just erupted down about two weeks later. Yeah, it's really tough to see that. And so for me being there, Bali is this really magical place. And when I was there, I felt like I was receiving so much from Bali that I also, I needed to give back to Bali. And so I started looking at ways that I could sponsor children's education there. And you and I went on an amazing hike and philanthropic uh, little Mm. journey. That was so important. And so, you know, coming out of that very magical transformational six months in Bali, I got back to Austin, Texas. And I just felt like, okay, now what do I really want to give? How do I want to give back through my business to my clients? And what do I want to create? And I started looking at the entrepreneurs that I knew. And of course, many of them too have have experienced or are experiencing that, that sense of burnout, So there's this longing to get back to simplicity and what's really important. And there's also this huge amount of overwhelm because there's so much information out there and people are enrolling in all of these millions of programs. I mean, I know that when I look at my education folder on my computer, I've got at least 50 subfolders in there of different programs that I've taken and invested in or things I've opted in for. It's like, wow, I mean, I'm trying to consume all this information. And it seems like, especially with marketing, it changes all the time. So my mission is to really help make things simple, both for people around their marketing, their business models. How can we simplify the business structures that we are putting into place so that we're not getting burnt out, right? So it solves that second issue of burnout and fatigue and getting to the place where you've done so many launches in a year and you're trying to learn Facebook Live and Facebook ads and this and that and the other thing that you can't possibly stuff any more information into your brain. So out of this, I just had this epiphany probably about a couple of weeks after I got back to the States that I'm creating a new venture and it's called Simply Good Business. So it has the simplicity aspect and it also has the good business aspect, which is good business is good for you. 
It's good for your family, society, and the world at large. And how can we start creating more good businesses that are truly giving back to both ourselves, our livelihood, but the world in general? Wow. And I just think it's such a good name brand, that simply good business. And hearing your story, there's like I'm sure many of the people listening to this interview I can relate to so much of what you said, having gone, you know, been in this entrepreneurial journey for the last 14, 15 years. And yeah, having been through many of those things, including overwhelm, burnout, and taking the time out. So totally can relate to what you're saying. And I think one of the things that I remember really noticing in Bali, which was very apparent, was why did, I don't know why it surprised me, but maybe I was just more alert to it with what I've been doing on Gift to Profit was the number of small local businesses that are naturally doing good and caring for others in their community. Nearly, I can remember walking up and down um, Monkey Forest Road and, and the road that runs parallel to that. And so many of those shops had little notices up about the different um, causes they were supporting or how they were actually sourcing some of the materials and crafts that they were selling. It was just so heartening. Yes. It is. I think part of that comes out of this tribal culture that's mm -hmm. there in Bali and in so many developing countries, right? They have to rely on each other and for their livelihood often. I know so many families that when the volcano started erupting and they evacuated like 100,000 people, that people in different towns who were maybe distant relatives or maybe just friends of somebody that knew the person who's being evacuated, and they just welcomed them into their family compounds, to their villages, to their communities, to their temples. And there was just this feeling like, we're all here to help each other. Like, this is what we can do. And I know that those people are living on virtually nothing. So to be able to open up their homes and then share their virtually nothing with 10 other people, it's a really big deal. And so, yes, yeah, so, so many of the businesses were giving back to different foundations within Bali, giving back to help children get access to education, to help animals. There's so many different problems and issues in the developing world. And it was super heartening to see that we know that they're not living on very much and yet they're still giving. Yeah, totally. And I think that's what I took so much from in Rwanda as well in all the trips that I did. And, and I think that's where it's really broadened my perspective of even the phrase giving back. And I know we've had this conversation, haven't we, about mm -hmm. how there's an element, there's, there's a couple of connotations of the phrase, which is one, it assumes you have to have to give when actually we don't. We can give of ourselves. We can just open our hearts. And as you've just said there in Bali, and I saw it in Rwanda, we do see it if we look for it in the countries that we live in too, but that actually there are a lot of good people that will just do good and care for each other when they need to or every day if that's the way they choose to live their lives. But we don't have to wait to actually give back. We can just give. That's right. Yeah, we don't have to wait for a natural disaster. I mean, I've yeah. seen that a lot in Texas, right? In Houston, mm -hmm. with the hurricanes and people being displaced and people just opening up their homes to strangers. For sure, it happens. It does happen everywhere. And I think what I was struck by in Bali is just part of everyday life. That's what I really took from it. And you know, since then, I've been wondering about, well, actually, was this what people were maybe like 40, 50, 100 years ago? before we got so distracted by going away from our home, our local communities for work or distracted with what's going on locally, globally, when we were more just in our local communities, where yeah. we more engaged. I think so. I think we would have had to have been, right? And I mean, you mm -hmm. hear the stories of 
the Great Depression and how think people were just really helping each other. And I think when it's in your face, when things are smaller, when we don't all have big privacy fences, right, around our homes, and you can actually, you're actually interacting with your neighbors, with your community, you're seeing the people every day. I think it brings it front and center. And I think we've created a, a lot of culture and society where we just live in our homes, we get in our car, inside the garage, we open the garage, we drive out, we go, you know, like, how often are we really seeing in touch with what's happening everywhere? And I yeah. think there's a real, I'm seeing, especially in Austin, like there is a real need for that, like a desire, a yearning in our hearts. Like I'm seeing people getting together more than ever, creating small communities, gathering communities of practice. We're talking about the hard issues. We're really looking at how can we help each other? How can we actually come together in physical presence, step away from our phones and our computers and just connect with people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that going on. I, I feel exactly the same in the communities here in Scotland, without a doubt. So, I mean, for you, do you have any particular social impact mission or areas that really touch your heart? Yeah, I really do. From all my travels and also just hearing the statistics around entrepreneurship and women and girls' education, that really, really touches my heart. And it started from my trip in Kenya, where I was seeing the statistics around when you give the money to the women in the villages, they will spend the money to help the whole entire village. They will create business initiatives. They will train their friends. They will make sure that their girls get to go to school when otherwise they don't, they can't, or their children for that matter, right? Like when the women have the money, they create a better life for everybody. And then when girls get to go to school and they don't, they're not basically sold into marriage at the age of 11 or whatever, like they wait longer to have children. So many beneficial things are impacted because of that. And so I really just felt like, wow, like it's amazing. And then you have people like Malala, right? Who stood up to the Taliban and standing for education. So for me, it really is around transforming the lives of women and young entrepreneurs Because I feel like if we can have those skills that help us sustain ourselves, if women all over the world could have that, if we could help empower these people and fund them to start businesses, then we start making changes on a systemic level. And that's really needed more than just little one-off things. Like we have to start changing systems. And so for me, it's really about that entrepreneurship and and education, basically making sure like every child on the planet has access to education. Yeah. And so how do you see Gift to Profit is about the balance of running a commercial business, but also having social impact. And that could be through our own, through what we actually offer in our products and services, or it could be through supporting charity, social causes or other means. How do you see how you're going to incorporate this into your business going forward? Well, I just so want to acknowledge you for birthing this and your book, your work in the world. Like it's been such an inspiration and it makes it so easy to 
decipher like what direction do I want to go in? What do I want to pick right now? So I feel like I'm just, I'm picking a place to start and that the world is wide open (laughs) and I know I want to try other things like fundraising. For me, that's a bit of a growth edge. I'm looking forward to working with you more on on how to expand into that because it's such in your, so in your wheelhouse. So for me, I really am committing to give a percentage of my profit back well, not even back. I'm giving. (laughs) And I'm giving through this organization, you and I are both members of called B1G1. And so it's so cool because we get to create giving impact. So I was actually just on their website this morning and setting up some new giving impacts and projects. And because I'm launching a whole new program in January called the Success Circle. And so for every member that joins the Success Circle, I will provide a year of education to a child in a developing country. And so that's what I'm choosing to do because it motivates me. And I think it really motivates my clients too, when they're seeing what I'm doing, that they can do it too, that they can give as well. And really, Allison, I think at the heart of it, it's just like, how do we create a culture of giving? How do we create that, what we were saying in Bali, that you're just giving like of course you receive and I know it's hard like when things are really tough financially for people it's hard to look at giving but it doesn't have to be money I also will be giving by serving on the board of a nonprofit organization that's actually just being formed now they just asked me if I would be on their their advisory board and so I'm giving of my knowledge and I'm giving of my heart and I'm giving of my advice around marketing and business development and time. And I'm also looking at how I can volunteer with a youth entrepreneurship program or create one. So that's my quest right now is to find out what's going on in Austin in this next year around that. Yeah. yeah. And what I love hearing is just the range of different activities because I think you and I are very similar and that it's become so much that's part of us now mm-hmm. that just doing one thing and it isn't enough for us. And it's absolutely fine if for people listening, if all they want to do is donate a certain amount, you know, every week or month or relating that to the sale of a product or service, that's brilliant to do that to that degree. But for anybody who wants to incorporate it more then and, and I suppose that's where we've got to. And actually, it's been interesting. One of my recent interviews has been on the evolution of giving and interviewing somebody who had said, was very open about, well, I went into business to make money. And I say the same thing. So did I. You know, it was yeah. replacing a salary. So there's, it's, I'm not, it's not trying to say that I have always been motivated by that social impact piece. I've always been motivated to make a difference. And I think what's interesting is speaking to you and quite a lot of the others I've interviewed in this show, It's picking up that actually that is one of the common threads is that when we're motivated to make a difference, then it's hard. You can't just leave that at the door. That's like inviting, you know, leaving a part of you outside. And that's where that misalignment you talked about earlier, I think, comes from, because we're not acknowledging the whole self. Right. Yeah. And I think there's also this acknowledgement of not only the whole self, but the whole ecosystem of our world. And especially being such an international traveler, like I've just seen it firsthand. I can't forget that. That is in me. That is a part of me now. And to know there are people unnecessarily living without clean water or unnecessarily, right? Like not having access to 
food sources or education or healthcare or, you know, it's just like, and then I feel like in our culture, there is so much and there's actually enough on the whole planet for everybody. So mm -hmm. how do we create a world that actually works for everybody? And yes, we're in business to make money. And so it's not about all of us living in poverty. It's actually about all of us living well. Yes, absolutely. And looking out for each other, definitely. And so, I mean, I'm curious, what kind of feedback do you get from the people in your community, from your clients about what you're doing around social impact? I think a lot of people are very inspired. And at the same time, <laughs> I think that I work a lot with startups. I work a lot with people who are in a growth phase in their business. And when I know it for myself too, like when I was so all consumed with my business and pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to launch and launch and, <laughs> and getting burnt out and then taking care of my dad who had cancer, that was the last thing on my mind, donating or volunteering, right? I just, I didn't, it's like my tanks, my energetic tanks were empty. And so... I think that it's okay, right? Like, and then there's this guilty, this guilty feeling that comes up around that for people like, oh, well, I should be giving and what, but I'm really kind of suffering here myself. I'm not taking care of myself. So I think there's this, people are inspired to see how I'm doing it, what I'm doing, the balance of it. And then something I always just say is like, and don't beat yourself up about this, right? Like just start today. Like, just make a proclamation. Like, what do you want to do? Like, if you could help solve one problem in the world, what would it be? And then what's one thing that you could do for that? And there are so many systems like B1G Run, like your programs and your books and resources and this podcast even, right, that we can consume and take advantage of and start looking and brainstorming and finding ways that we could just do one thing. I think there's an organization called that, like just one thing or one small thing or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, just, yeah, it's just like, don't beat yourself up and do something. Yeah. And that taps into the importance of, and the balance of looking after ourselves as much as others. Because yeah. for some people, they actually do too much giving in terms of too much giving to others. Whereas you get you one end of the spectrum of what I call the giving spectrum. You've got people who just give, 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 give. And they do get, depleted completely and they're doing that all the time whereas you get others who are taking and what we're talking here is about that healthy balance of giving to ourselves as well as to others so we can be of greater service yes yeah and so on that topic what success practices do you put in place to just avoid I know we've both been in we've both had times of overwhelm and things so what sort of success practices do you put in place to avoid that happening again mm, yeah and I really have to watch this part of me <laughs> creating my new venture of simply good business was that I need that too I need to simplify and I need to get down to what's really important and get focused on that and where do I want to spend my time and how am I not going to get burnt out and when I was in Bali, I actually started painting again for the first time in many years. And it was so amazing, like what art and creativity allowed me to release inside of myself, just 
I would be painting for hours and like on the grass in Bali next to the swimming pool, like dipping mm. watercolor paper in the swimming pool and then splashing paint on it and just getting really dirty and, <laughs> you know, and kind of being childlike again. And I feel like that is like, for me, it's just when I'm feeling that tension between my shoulder blades and the dress in my body, it's like, okay, I need to go make some art, right? Or I need to, so I think I know my triggers now and that's helpful. I can go out and take a walk. I can go for a run. I mean, for me, exercise is very important and meditation is really, really key. Just learning, I learned how to meditate in the ashram when I went to India and I have that also in me, like it's so important. So yeah, those practices. And then also just giving back to myself, like going and getting, I had a massage last night. My neck went out. I called my massage therapist. She came to my house <laughs> and set up her table. It was like, wow, this is such a treat. But, and I deserve it, right? Like I work hard and I deserve to get back to myself and my self-care sometimes too. You totally do. And I know from being your friend, I see you getting much better at that, which is wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> And so you've shared a lot, and I love how you've just shared so much of your journey and being open to the sharing your vulnerabilities around this as well. If there was one last piece of advice you'd give to people about um, either the sort of stepping into that authentic business, I guess we're talking about here, a business that's aligned to who we are, that also does good for us and others, or just the social impact side of things, what would that last piece of advice be? What comes up? in this moment is don't give up. It's just don't give up. And I've seen people give up on themselves, give up on their dream, their vision. And I think when that happens, then the energy gets depleted, right? Like our life energy really gets depleted. And it's really seems impossible to look at give, giving or making an impact or whatever. And this journey of entrepreneurship, no, I don't have children. <laughs> so I don't know that journey. But people have said the two biggest personal transformation journeys are having children and starting a business. And I definitely know that it's true around starting a business. So I would say don't give up, find support, find the resources and the help that you need to keep going and keep and surround yourself with people who are the way that you want to be, the way that you aspire to be, people who are giving, people who are making a difference in the world. I think that really, really helps as well. Yeah, so important. Don't give up. And actually, just listening to you speak there, it's brought up something else, which I know we've talked about ourselves and I have with many others as well around how, you know, especially being a woman who like you had my own children mm. I know that there's been this yearning to and this drive to make a difference it's almost been linked to the whole part of us that is around the purpose of being human is it not to come onto this world and to produce children and keep like life going and humanity going but when you're not actually part of that it's almost like there's a whole other energy that drives us mm. and that in itself can actually lead to overwhelm and what I guess one of the things that I hope I've got better at doing is channeling that drive into doing good and using the extra time, using the extra resources, using the extra flexibility that I have 
because I don't have children to do that. But do you think that can be a driving force that does get some of us who don't have children into that drives us to a point of experiencing overwhelm more often? Or is it just one of the causes? Wow, that's such a great question. I don't know. Maybe it's just that we women have so much energy available because we're built to do that, <laughs> right? We're built to create children and nurture them. And of course, fathers have their role in that as well. But yeah, I know that for me, I have thought that many times I'm not spending all this energy raising a child. And that is a full-time job in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And all the women I know who have kids, it's like, yeah, they got two full-time jobs, right? They've got mm -hmm. the raising the children job, and then they've got their work job that they're making money for. And so, so I've said that, yeah, like, wow, there's nobody that I'm putting through college or paying for their soccer uniforms or the gas to drive them to all their dance practices or whatever. Like, so, so what do I want to do with that? You know, I really want to help children all over the world. I can help more children than just my one child, if I had one child. So I yeah. know for sure it's a huge motivator and driver. And it's also like, what's the legacy? That's mm -hmm. another question. What's the legacy yes. that I'm leaving? Because yeah. I'm not leaving the legacy of other humans <laughs> that I'm <laughs> birthing. So, and I, yeah, that's a great question about the overwhelm. I think potentially I could really see that being true, that there's this driver. And so this real energy to give and to produce and manifest and, and contribute. Yeah, I think that's actually it. That's the word contribute. To contribute and feel that my place on this planet is worthy. I'm worthy of being here even though I've not had children. And I probably should clarify, this isn't just for women. <laughs> of course, it's for men as well. I'm just talking about from the perspective of, of being a woman. And I guess, actually, because then you look at parents, don't you? And they've just got a different type of overwhelm. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's, because like you, I'm full of admiration for any parent at all who A, is a parent, and especially if they're trying to work or run a business or cope with so many of, of life's challenges that get thrown. I'm in awe of anybody that has children and actually just the miracle of life in itself. Absolutely. So, I'm with you. <laughs> oh dear. As always, I just had a brilliant time chatting to you. Thank you so much for being here. If people want to get hold of you, I know we've got some links that we'll put on the show notes and things, but what's the best way for people to connect with you for anybody who doesn't check our show notes out? Yeah, so I am in the process of creating that new venture, simplygoodbusiness.com. So eventually that website will be up probably in early 2018. And for now, I am at kimcarpenter.net. And I would love to hear from anybody who feels moved by this or has questions or just even wants to share with me about their journeys. I'm very open to connecting with you and finding out more about your business journey. So. Thank you. Thank you, Alison. Thank you for being here. And thank you to, for listening in to the show, as always. Uh, remember to check out givetoprofit.com or alison.com for the full show notes of how you can connect with us both. And please, please, please do get in touch. Check out the social media platforms on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn as well. I'd also just love to hear your thoughts on the show and anything we've been talking about. And remember, until next time, business is a great opportunity to be kind. 
thanks for listening to the Gift to Profit podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes so you hear about our next episodes. It would be great if you left a rating and review of the show there too. For every review this month, Alison will be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. You can connect and chat with Alison on Twitter using the handle at Alison Mac and through the Give to Profit Facebook fan page. And if you don't already have a copy of Alison's best-selling book, Give to Profit, How to Grow Your Business by Supporting Charities and Social Causes, you can get this on Amazon around the world.